Hello, leapers and fellow travelers. Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. I am your host, Sam, and I am flying solo for probably the next couple of months. Uh, Dennis is fine. We're fine. All is well. He is just taking some time to focus on a few other things before the premiere, the expected premiere, the hoped for premiere of season two in the fall, which should be late September, early October. Um, now, I'll just start right off by saying that based off of everything that I have heard, including talking to a couple of people involved with the production of the show that the belief is the show will indeed premiere uh, in the fall as was originally planned so we'll see those eight episodes of season two uh, sometime in again late september early october i believe uh, and then whether or not it runs eight straight weeks or there are any breaks or interruptions or anything in the midst of those eight episodes I have no idea, and I don't think anyone else really does at this particular point either. Uh, a lot of things are in flux. A lot of things are up in the air, which is the reason why I'm actually re-recording this particular episode, because I recorded it a few days ago uh, and had been working on the editing when the news landed yesterday that SAG-AFTRA would be joining the WGA uh, in the picket lines for uh, a strike um, against the unfair practices of the AMPTP. Um it has created an interesting situation for the entire entertainment sector, uh, film and television, obviously, I think probably the hardest hit and most affected by this particular circumstance. I just want to say right up front to make it completely clear, I'm sure listeners, uh, longtime listeners will know this. We absolutely stand with the WGA and SAG-AFTRA. We believe that what they are doing is essential to the future of the business to ensure that artists are treated fairly and paid and compensated fairly for the work that they do. Um, AI is not the future of entertainment. AI will never be the future of entertainment. Uh, it simply cannot compete with the heart and soul of the writing and acting craft. Um, the workmanship that goes into this and where these stories come from and the way that people choose to tell these stories and the truths that we share with one another cannot be replicated by anything artificial because that's exactly what it will be. Artificial and heartless and soulless. It'll be an imitation. It'll be manufactured. It will not be the real thing. To be completely frank, we have a hard enough time not doing that when there is actual heart and soul involved to make things look manufactured. So when it strikes as being true, when it strikes as having that heart and that soul, it is worth cherishing and it is worth making sure that those that help to create that art are compensated fairly and treated fairly and not cast aside for a cheaper and soulless, hollow uh, way of doing things. So with that out of the way, let's talk about Quantum Leap um, and how things will affect the production and promotion of season two of Quantum Leap. We know that the initial order for season two was 13 episodes. Um, similarly with season one, they got a 13 episode order. Season two got a 13 episode order. They completed eight episodes. Now, the interesting thing is that even though filming was completed on those initial eight episodes, by the time the eighth episode started filming, the WGA strike had already started, which meant that no writers could be on set for those episodes. 
We've talked a little bit about the importance of this and the fact that writers had contributed greatly to the shows while they were in production. That's not to say that episode eight isn't going to be good or it's not going to represent the artistic vision of the writer and the, and the cast and crew and the collaborative effort that goes into making this show. It's just to say that unfortunately the writer could not be present on set during the production of that particular episode. It also means that post-production, which I believe had completed on the at least the first five episodes, um, maybe the first six, but uh, not on seven or eight, obviously, um, could also not be attended to uh, or collaborated on with the writers. Um, how that will affect things we just don't know. Um, that said, again, from some of the conversations that I've been fortunate enough to have, it seems like people are very excited and very passionate about the eight episodes as they stand. Um, even though, you know, most of these people have not actually been able to see any of this content yet, because again, they just cannot be involved due to the strike. Um, so that's kind of how it affects the production of the initial eight for the next five, nothing can happen until the strike is resolved. Um, I don't believe that those next five episodes have been written. They, the stories may have been broken. There may be bits and pieces, but I don't think any complete drafts were, were finished because the idea was that production would resume, I believe in November, which is similar to what had happened with season one. Um, as far as the production schedule went, um, those five episodes, I think that there were probably ideas. They probably knew where certain storylines were going, certain character arcs might have been going. Um, but from what I've been able to glean, this season is much more episodic in nature, um, not nearly as serialized as the first season was, that there might not necessarily be the big meta plot that we saw at the project like we did in season one. Um, and as such, it's possible that other than some of those character beats, um, other than some of those you know smaller arcs that, that, that will certainly be contained within season two, that there wasn't a lot planned out. So I think that we're looking at a situation where until the strike is resolved, um, and, and really both of them at this point, I mean, the WGA strike, if it's resolved first, which I cannot imagine will be the case, and SAG-AFTRA is still on strike, uh, then clearly the writers could get back to work writing the episodes. They just couldn't get actors in front of a camera to film them. Um, if that were to happen, though, at least they could start work on writing those five episodes. Once the SAG-AFTRA strike is uh, resolved, um, then the actors obviously can get in front of cameras and work. This is the other piece that I'm not sure um, the public at large is completely aware of, however. The actors and the writers cannot promote the show, which is the reason why I had to re-record this video, because initially I had talked about the San Diego Comic-Con panel that was going to happen, which I was super stoked for. I thought this was such a wonderful opportunity for the cast to get out in front of an audience, to appear in an event that creates a lot of buzz around entertainment in general and around genre television and films uh, and has done so for quite a while. Um, I thought it was a really cool chance for them to participate in this. Uh, but because of the SAG after strike, the writers cannot participate in the panel to help promote the show. So the panel will not occur. Um, it's important to note too, Raymond Lee posted on his Instagram uh, about this, that they all want to be able to talk about the show. They all want to be able to promote the show. They believe in the show. They love the show. They love the work that they do. 
unfortunately, the circumstances surrounding the contracts that are floating around have created a situation where they cannot in good faith continue to work even on something they love so dearly until they start to get compensated the way that they should be. And mind you, this isn't just about the, you know, the big Hollywood stars or the people who have a steady gig in television right now. This is about the people that might work on five or six episodes of a show and, you know, have a support day job that they have to go to and still are living technically under the poverty line, certainly living under circumstances that make it very, very difficult to afford living in a city like Los Angeles or the outskirts, for instance. So it's important to remember that SAG-AFTRA goes far beyond, and the WGA go far beyond the people that are winning Oscars or making, you know, $25 million for a movie. It's, it's, it's not about them, though they are, of course, in full support of this because they want to make sure that you know, the people that aren't making that, the people that might only be making $15,000 a year uh, or less for that matter uh, on SAG after contracts or WGA contracts and that sort of stuff, that that those people are taken care of. Um, so you, you really do have to look at the bigger picture under those circumstances. And, and again, understand the fact that they love the show. They love the show and they want to be able to talk about it. They want to be able to promote it, but they cannot in good faith do that. And of course, also it would, you know, basically be crossing the picket lines if they did. And it's not something that they want to do because again, from what we can gather through social media posts and, and some of the conversations that I've been able to have, everyone's on board with this. Um, you know, there's not anyone that's sitting there saying like, we shouldn't be doing this. Um, and and, and it, it might be a case where they don't necessarily really want to do it, but they see the necessity in it. Not only is the SDCC panel uh, canceled, but that also means that we're not going to be seeing them uh, on any television programs, on on any um, you know print interviews, on any podcasts. Um, which last of all kind of brings me to the show, and not just our show, but Quantum Leap podcast as well, and any of the other Quantum Leap or sci-fi genre television podcasts that are out there. They can't do our shows, um, and. I wouldn't even dream of asking them to right now anyway. In fact, I have limited my contact with the people that I do know involved with the show a great deal over the past like two and a half months since the WGA strike started because I didn't want to infringe on any kind of... Uh, boundary that had to be set due to the nature of the strike. And again, something that I support, I, I, I'm really proud of them for doing it. As someone who is formerly a member of Actors Equity, for instance, like I get the importance of, of A, of having a union and B, making sure that you, you get the things that you deserve and you're protected. And, and, you know, if you look back on the history of like Actors Equity, for instance, which is the theatrical actors union, you look back on the history of the conditions that actors had to work in sometimes and what Actors Equity was able to do and provide for them to make sure that they didn't have to do that. Uh, um, it, it's essential. It's essential to be able to have those productions because the fact of the matter is, and this is the dirty little secret that's not really so much a secret, we would all do it for free. We would. We'd do it for just room and board. Now, that's that's impossible, and nobody should do it for that. Everyone should be paid and paid well and taken care of and being able to take care of themselves and their families, et cetera, et cetera. The fact is, as, as the business has moved forward, the truth is, is that actors and, and, and writers and, and everyone really involved with the production of film and television have really been getting less and less. And you can see that anywhere in, in the country, quite frankly. You know, you look at what the, the average person brings home um, per year and it might look 
like a bigger number than, you know, 25, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago by a great margin. But you also have to look at what that'll buy. And, and I'm not here to give an economics lesson by any stretch, but we all know that what we can actually buy with our dollar today is far less than what we could have bought with our dollar 25, 30 years ago. Um, to, to, you know, to, to just really simplify it for a second, at one point in time, you know, the combined income of myself and my spouse, we were making far more money than my father was making 25 years ago when I was a teenager and yet could not afford the same things that my dad could afford 25 years ago, even though we were making more money. And, and I think that that's the important thing to consider in this as well is that, you know, writers and actors um, might look like they're getting paid more, even, even on scale, even, you know, when, when you look at like the bare minimum, but it's just, it just doesn't go as far as it used to. And, and that's part of what needs to change. And of course, the other big thing, of course, is, 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 is AI and the way that studios want to try to use AI to write scripts, to take the place of actors. And it's just not fair and it's not right. So all of that said, um, you know, I would never dream of even asking anyone to to be on the podcast right now uh, or for an interview or anything like that. And, and if I'm being completely frank, um, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I will. The couple of conversations that I've had with people involved with the show have actually been entirely, almost entirely of a personal nature. They haven't even really had to do with the show. So it's not like I'm out there mining, you know, trying to get information, trying to get stuff. It's literally just been, you know, hey, how are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm so sorry your father passed, you know, that sort of stuff. So it's, it's, it's. I feel very lucky and grateful to have been able to cultivate those kinds of relationships. But I just wanted to be able to have some transparency, of course, with our audience and saying, like, I'm not even really asking for that right now because I know that they can't. And I just want you all to know that they can't because I, I don't want you to think that they've turned their backs on us, you know, that the show has had some measure of success, that there's these Hollywood Critics Association Award uh, nominations now, which we'll get to in a second, that that they're, you know, having a panel or we're going to have a panel at SDCC, um, you, you know, that the show's got the second season that they've, you know, they're moving forward. The network's excited about the show. Um, you know, it's, it's not anything like that. Uh, I, I, I think that uh, given the opportunity, I can almost say this with 100% certainty, given the opportunity, um, the cast and crew would love to be able to be back on Fate's Wide Wheel or the Quantum Leap podcast for that matter, or, you know, anyone else that, that's out there that's, you know, reached out to them. They, they want to talk about the show. They would love to talk about the show. They'd love to talk about the work that they have done and hope to continue to do um, once the strike resolves. So... That felt like the most important thing to to talk about right up front, just to give everyone a bit of an update uh, as far as I am aware of and the information that I have. And uh, I don't necessarily think I have that much more information than anybody out there could, could get just, you know, with with a little diligence on the Internet. Um, but I have had some conversations and, and, and I think that um, it's important to just reassure the fandom that the people creating this show and working on the show love it. They love the fandom. Um, you know, someone remarked to me actually that they thought it was quite special. Um, the, the way that they had seen this fandom and, and having worked on other shows that have a fandom, they felt like there was something very special about, um, you know, the circle of fans. And, uh, and I'm so proud to, to be a part of that. And I'm so proud to be someone that can uh, contribute to that. And I, I'm really, really grateful for the listeners and watchers and, you know, everyone that's out there kind of leaping alongside of us, because uh, 
it has been such a joy. It's brought a lot of joy uh, to me over the past year, especially at a time when things have been difficult at times personally. So I'm just grateful for that. I'm grateful for you. Um, and, and hopefully this helps to assuage any, any potential fears or frustrations um, that, that we might have right now, because it is frustrating. It sucks. You know, I, I wish that this wasn't the case. Um, and it's important to note, too, that we can still talk about like the network. Um, we can talk about producers. We can talk, I mean, because obviously there's a huge difference in like an executive producer on the show Quantum Leap and some of the CEOs and, and, and you know, big wigs that call themselves producers or whatever that are, you know, not willing to come to the table with the writers and, and the actors. It's important to note that. And it's the same thing with the networks. There are a lot of people that work at these networks that represent these networks that help to make decisions at the networks that really do want the writers and actors to get what they deserve. Um, it's just that unfortunately you have some billionaires um, who are at the head of the table that uh, don't, don't want to play fair, quite frankly. So all of that said, um, I genuinely hope that there can be a resolution sooner rather than later. And I genuinely hope that they can get back to working on the show that I know that they love working on and that we love watching. Uh, I really, really hope to see that. And not just, you know, for, for our fandom, for our, you know, for quantum leap, but uh, really for all of the shows and films out there that have had to, to shut down. You know, I was reading something about, I'm actually not even that interested in the film to be completely honest with you. It's just in my, you know, my sphere because it's something that I've loved in the past, but like Deadpool three had to shut down production. Um, and, and that stinks because I know there are a lot of people that are excited about that film and excited about seeing Hugh Jackman as, as Wolverine again. And, you know, this comes hot on the heels uh, after they re released that picture of, of uh, Hugh Jackman in, in the, the classic, you know, yellow and blue Wolverine costume and stuff. So I know his arms weren't bare. Come on, guys. Um, anyway, I digress. Uh, you know, another project that I really was actually looking forward to a great deal was the the Bob Dylan um, biopic that was going to be um, shot with uh, Timothy Chalamet. And um, it's, you know, it's it's too bad that, that that's a project that was supposed to start filming um, during COVID and, you know, obviously couldn't because of COVID. So it got pushed back and then it got pushed back again. And now here it is, you know, having to be delayed again. And there's questions as to whether or not it's actually even going to happen now. And, and that's too bad because I think it was an exciting prospect to see him play Bob Dylan to, you know, to, 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 to have a film like that being made, um, um, period. Uh, so there's a lot of art out there, unfortunately, that will suffer and perhaps never get made or never get finished or never get seen because of this situation. And I'm just trying to kind of keep my eye on the ball and, and, and not get too um, focused kind of on this micro level of, you know, what about Quantum Leap? When's our show coming back? When, you know, what, what are they going to do next? What do we, it, it's not about that right now. And I love talking about it and I want to talk about it and we certainly will. But um, again, it's, it's, it's important to keep in mind that there are people's livelihoods um, and, and people's passions, people's art, people, you know, the things that they love most uh, are at stake. Um, so uh, we support them and uh, we hope that it's resolved quickly and that, you know, they can start promoting the show and talking about the show and most importantly, creating the show again. 
Speaking of which, something that you probably see in the background right now are these two beautiful J.J. Lindell prints, uh, one for the classic series episode M.I.A. and another for the revival O.E. of Little Faith. Thank you so much, J.J. Lindell, for all the work that you have done. Uh, I genuinely believe you helped to increase visibility of the series through your exceptional artwork. Um, and of course, uh, we're not the only ones who noticed because the cast and crew of the show are big fans as well. And I know for a fact that some of them have purchased your art and your t-shirts. And if you want to make sure that you own some JJ uh, Lindell uh, prints or, or t-shirts and whatnot, you can go to jjlindell.com. That's J-J-L-E-N-D-L.com and pick up uh, pretty much every single episode of the Revival series he did a print for and numerous episodes of the Classic series he's done a print for. You can't see it right now. It's off to the side, but I do have sort of a... Um, postcard size uh, or no it's not off to the side excuse me it's right behind me the star trek ones are off to the side <laughs> the quad elite ones right there uh from uh future boy which uh is is also incredible um uh, incredible piece his art is fantastic we've had him on the show before hope to have him on the show again anyway uh uh i i just uh you know i can't help but but gush over great people doing great things and jj certainly qualifies as that uh he's he's done some really cool uh, x-files artwork recently for x-files celebration which is uh awesome and and some really great stuff for uh star trek picard the third season uh did some amazing prints for that as well so make sure you check out jjlindell.com um and you can pick that stuff up including the amazing mia poster it's probably one of my favorite pieces uh that he's done just period i just love it and uh, we'll talk more about that later um maybe even go in a little deeper to some of the art that he's done recently uh if we can get him back on the show he's a busy guy the other thing that I wanted to do and kind of the, the one of the main points of, of even creating this video is I wanted to talk about two very exciting things. Uh, one of which is the Blu-ray and DVD release of season one of Quantum Leap, which came out a little over a month ago. Uh, and Dennis and I had been talking about like, you know, putting something together. And I know that he had prepared like an unboxing that I think he was going to do on TikTok and Instagram, um, but just hadn't necessarily finished that. Uh, and I was and I had done the same thing kind of at the same time. We really didn't coordinate too much we, we, you know, we just knew that that was something we wanted to do uh and i decided to scrap it because it didn't feel like it was as good as it could have been um and also i wanted to reshoot after the uh, sag aftra strike was announced so uh i get to do it again now because i'm kind of just going to do this live uh it's more fun that way and we also wanted to talk about matt dale's beyond the mirror image volume two uh, i know that the kickstarter backers uh, myself included are eagerly awaiting volume one, which is, you know, kind of the, um, how do I want to put this? The, the second edition, if you will, of the initial Beyond the Mirror Image, which came out about six years ago, um, six or seven years ago now. And that volume uh, really contained, you know, everything he could possibly cram in there about Quantum Leap. And volume one now, this new edition, is going to be everything about the classic series. Volume two, however, is all about quantum leap the revival and i was super excited when i saw this go up um he you know his, his website forevertv.co.uk has links to where you can uh, purchase the book you can also just go to lulu.com and search for beyond the mirror image or matt dale and the book will come up um it's it's great spoiler alert and it's totally worth it uh it's amazing and incredible that he was able to turn it around so quickly uh and that we have it in our hands um so without further ado let me just uh let me just grab it it's right behind me you might be able to see it here so let's uh reach over 
It's probably not a flattering position, but oh well. Uh, and talk about Beyond the Mirror Image, The Observer's Guide to Quantum Leap, Volume 2, The Revival. Um, first of all, it looks lovely. I love the green. Um, obviously, the classic series kind of had more of that blue aura for the leap out effect. Um, and the uh, Revival leaned more into kind of a green color palette for that. And I love that he has adopted that for this volume. It works perfectly. And clearly, the, you know, the first uh, volume will have uh, that blue effect, which was also something that the uh, initial edition did as well. Um, it's, it's just, it, yeah, again, it's just uh, a lovely looking book, you know, hardcover, which is, which is also nice. Uh, and once you kind of get into the, the nuts and bolts of it, um, you'll see that he's given us a little extra because it's not just the revival. There's actually a, an entire section, um, the road to revival, almost 60 pages where he goes into not only the, um, you know, the cancellation uh, of the classic series and the murmurings of some sort of revival, a TV movie, uh, the sci-fi channel uh, revival, this or that, you know, all sorts of murmurings that we heard over the, at least the decade after the show had been canceled. Um, and, and then kind of goes one step further into some of the unofficial, uh, unlicensed uh, continuations, including Deborah Pratt's own Time Child novel and the fan film A Leap to Die For. Uh, my my uh, former colleague, if you will, Josh uh, uh, Ramsey, he actually played Sam Beckett in that film. He and I acted in a couple of shows together uh, when I was living in Indianapolis. Um, so Anyway, uh, I think that that was a really cool route to take uh, a wonderful opportunity to kind of talk about the road that got us to the revival. Um, and, and I love that Matt, I mean, of course he did, uh, took the time and care to, you know, to not just gloss over it could, I think that some authors honestly would have covered that in like a page, right? You know, this happened, this happened, and, and that got us here. And instead, he really takes the time to give us um, a, a wonderful overview of what happened in the, you know, nearly 30 years uh, that we had to wait for the revival. Um, he also talks about some of the, uh, the the cameos that Scott Bakula did on other shows where he seemed to be in the character of Sam Beckett and Leaping Around in Time, uh, which was great. Uh, and then brings us, of course, to season six, uh, as a lot of the fandom has, has coined it. Um, it's great because, uh, again, it talks about sort of the initial announcement that that they were going to shoot this pilot, you know, and we all got excited. And then somehow, some way, you know, I, I got the pilot script sent to me about, you know, two weeks after that announcement. And uh, um, I, I'll say this now, but the only three people that had access to that by way of me anyway, was myself, Dennis and Matt. We had to share it with Matt. And uh, it was one of those things where I was kind of like, do we share it with Matt? We got to share it with Matt. Got to share it with Matt. And we did. And we shared it with Matt. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's a journey that he's been on since the very beginning as well. And um, he covers, obviously, a lot of that early uh, uh, talk uh, around at the casting announcements, um, the investigative work that he did to discover some of those casting uh, announcements, including Mason Alexander Park. Uh, I love the story of how he did that. You know, he had been following Raymond Lee because Raymond Raymond Lee had been, been announced. Then he noticed that Raymond Lee had become a follower of Mason Alexander Parks on Instagram on their, their account and uh, kind of put two and two together that, oh, Quantum Leap has a non-binary character. This is a non-binary actor. I bet this is going to be the person that plays Ian. And sure enough, they 
play Ian and, and, and Matt figured all that out just from noticing those things. Um, so his, you know, his investigative work is non peril as, was as it pertains to quantum leap. Um, and then, uh, I think that, uh, from there it kind of gets into, if you've seen the initial, uh, uh, beyond the mirror image, it gets into sort of your regular, um, episode overviews. Only they're not so regular because these are much more exhaustive. We're talking, um, you know, multiple pages uh, uh, devoted to each episode. Uh, in the old book, you know, you'd get two or three pages at most. And granted, the print was small and they were, you know, double columned and that sort of stuff. But, you know, the, the premiere episode, for instance, July 13th, 1985, gets 16 pages. Um, and, and, and it's used well, you know, there's lots of great stuff in here, stuff from call sheets, um, stuff from interviews that they conducted over at Quantum Leap Podcast, stuff from interviews that we conducted at Fate's Wide Wheel. That's the other thing that's really cool about this book on a personal note is seeing, you know, our names and our podcast uh, in it, uh, used as reference material for the book. And it's a great reminder that the work, honestly, that, that they did over at QLP and the work that we've done here at Fate's Wide Wheel has really, I think, represented the exhaustive and dare I say even authoritative uh, commentary on um, the first season of the revival. Um, you know, just with the interviews that we've been able to conduct, the information that we were able to get uh, even early on and then even deep into the, the, the process was, was really helpful, quite frankly. And uh, um, it's something that we're so lucky to, to be able to have and, and, and grateful to be able to share with all of you and grateful to have you all to share it with. Uh, so the book does a wonderful job going into detail uh, about everything. You know, you've got kind of the, the sections made up with official synopsis, the leap in the scenes that might've been cut from um, uh, the episode, uh, the kisses with history, uh, God time, fate, whatever uh, music cues, illusions, uh, uh, the production notes, etc., And, you know, and then Matt's own personal review um, stuff at the project stuff at the you know all, all sorts of really cool stuff in here um and 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 again i i just cannot see how any fan of the show wouldn't want to own this uh it's well well worth it and uh again it, it's you know if you're looking for a book on the revival series a this is all there is and b even if it wasn't I will absolutely stand by saying it's going to be the best thing that you could possibly have. So go over to forevertv.co.uk or lulu.com. Um, and if you go to Lulu, just search for Matt Dale or beyond the mere image and you'll be able to see it'll pop up right away. Um, it's awesome. It's great. Uh, Deborah Pratt is even quoted on the back. I mean, come on, what more can you, what more can you ask for? Um, we love Matt. Everybody knows that we love Matt. And even if we did not have some sort of kind of personal relationship with him, we would still heartily recommend this book because before we ever got the chance to talk to him or know who he was, it was his book that inspired this podcast, the first edition. So uh, grab it, go get it. You'll love it. And uh, I think you'll probably be able to learn some new things, especially if you're a listener of only fate's wide wheel, because, you know, while we've tried to be as exhaustive as possible on the podcast and indeed have devoted more time uh, uh, and podcasting hours to the show than, than it has actually aired. Um, I think that there's plenty to be gained from reading this plenty of stuff that we missed plenty of stuff that we didn't get people that we didn't get to talk to that they did, um, you know, and vice versa. Like that's the other thing that was cool about Matt using our interviews 
interviews and using our podcast um, for for this book uh, and for the other books actually as well is that uh, you know we got interviews that they didn't get and we talked to people that they didn't talk to and asked different questions to people that they did talk to so uh, wonderful information it, it certainly goes beyond either podcast too it's not just like oh it's just a distillation of what the podcasts talked about for the past year it's not that at all there's there's a lot more there um, and 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 I I've loved kind of going through it and I think as I rewatch the series it'll be you know at my side just because it'll be a lot of fun to kind of follow along and, and, and read up on the episodes. And there's a very good chance that quite frankly, when Dennis and I do get around to revisiting those episodes and doing some of our capsule reviews, um, we will very likely be using the book the same way that we used his original um, when we went through the classic series. And how will you be rewatching Quantum Leap season one, you ask? Well, let me tell you, you could stream it on Peacock. That's totally fine. But I have to say, there's a better alternative as far as I'm concerned. Again, unflattering angle, but that's okay. Uh, because the official Blu-ray release, physical media release of Quantum Leap Season 1 is now available. Uh, you can pick this up on any online retailer. I have yet to see it in a brick-and-mortar retailer. Uh, no Target, Walmart, uh, Best Buy. I've not seen it in any of those. So I do think you're going to have to go to an online retailer in order to pick this up. Um, it is... Four discs, um, you know, pretty, pretty bare bones. Um, there's some nice write-ups on the inside. Nothing that we really haven't seen before uh, about the individual episodes. Um, you know, you get the, the back with the description. We've seen this promotional image a ton of times. So from the outside, it's fairly unremarkable. Um, and I just want to get this out of the way up front. I believe strongly in physical media. I think it's a wonderful way to not only support um, the, the stuff that you love, uh, but it's a wonderful way to, to make sure you have it, that you're not dependent on a streaming service, that you're not um, you know, dependent on... Yeah, let's just leave it at that. Um, so I, I firmly believe um, in owning physical media. I mean, just look behind me, for goodness sake. Uh, and, and I think that this is a great way to own uh, season one of Quantum Leap. That said, there are definitely some some caveats. There's some some places that I got to knock it and I got to be a little critical of it. Let's talk about that first and then we'll get back to the positive stuff. There are no special features and I mean none. There's nothing, not a trailer, none of the uh, uh, mini leap trailers that they did, um, you know, like the rock star, the the football player, the, the you know, the Joe Montana thing, the, the Desert Storm thing. None of that is there. Um, there, uh, there. There's just nothing. No audio commentaries, no behind the scenes stuff. Absolutely nothing there at all a good thing is you've got us you got qlp you got matt's book there's there's plenty of great stuff out there so at least you can get that you know kind of behind the scenes special feature kind of feel from other outlets but it would have been nice to see something officially produced it would have been really nice to see some official audio commentaries um i know that we had a plan we'd talked to a couple of people i think qlp had done the same thing we were going to record some audio commentaries for the episodes with some of the cast and crew um that can't happen right now obviously maybe it'll happen down the road but again it would have been nice to have something official um I know it probably would have been hard timing wise because they were hard at work, you know, going through working this whole time. They didn't necessarily have a lot of free time to, you know, sit in a booth for an hour and a half or whatever, do an audio commentary. But uh, it, it just would have been nice to have some of those special features, to have something on there, to have those, you know, mini leap trailers that they did in the lead up to the show um, 
it, it just would have been nice to have a little something. Um, but again, it's not surprising. Bare bones releases for TV shows in particular is kind of kind of the norm. Um, the other thing that, that I will say is that I know that the show was shot at a high resolution on great cameras and whether or not it was, uh, you know, it actually had any sort of 4k, um, you know, master, it would have been really, really nice to see the potential for 4k release because I do think the show is fairly, you know, visually stunning and it would have perhaps benefited from that. Um, but I also think that maybe I'm, you know, overshooting things a bit and, and, and being a bit of a dreamer on that because I don't necessarily know that that would have would have worked. Uh, the other thing that's kind of interesting about uh, the 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 set is that um, it does have a DTS master audio track. Um, in fact, let's go over some of the tech specs real quick uh, just to kind of get that out of the way. Uh, the codec is MPEG-4 AVC, which is, you know, completely the, the, the norm, especially for a Blu-ray like this. Uh, it's in 1080p resolution, so it's basically the best you can get on the Blu-ray. Um, it's in the original aspect ratio of 1.78 to 1, uh, which will mean that you get the, you know, kind of the widescreen going on. Uh, we've got a DTS HD master audio 5.1 surround um, soundtrack on here which is awesome if you've got a surround setup um, even if you don't have a surround setup if you've got a really good sound bar and subwoofer you're going to get some really great stuff out of this um, here's something that's awesome and you can almost look at it as a special feature unfortunately because there are some releases including the classic series release that do not have this we do have english subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing which is awesome um and you know whether or not you are deaf or hard of hearing or you just need to turn the volume down way low because there are kids sleeping in the other room hey dennis um <laughs> this is a great way to be able to follow along and watch the show uh without missing the dialogue um let's talk a little bit about that dialogue for a moment and go back to the sound uh since i mentioned it this is where we get into the positive stuff um that soundtrack is great. Uh, it's it's crystal clear. The dialogue sounds amazing. Um, it, you know, the show itself is not too special effects heavy. We've got some episodes that are like Leap Die Repeat or Judgment Day, the finale. Like there's there's some big stuff going on and it sounds big and, and it it works all the channels. Um, you know, you're going to hear stuff coming from behind you or a little bit thrown off to the side, maybe, and that sort of stuff. It's not just going to be a pure, like, you know, oh, you get a rumble in your subwoofer and the blast of sound coming straight out at you. It definitely utilizes those channels really nicely, which is great. I mean, the sound mixing on the show is fantastic, and uh, the Blu-ray certainly represents that. Um, but I, I think, again, the most important thing, at least for me, is that even when you get into those more intimate scenes, the dialogue just sounds so sharp, so clean, so clear, so expressive. Um, it really is a wonderful soundtrack. And uh, you'll you'll notice it kind of all around you and all over the place, which is great. You kind of want that level of immersion. And I think that sometimes sound quality, especially with physical media nerds, uh, uh, sound quality is something that people are so excited about. And it's kind of the most immersive thing for watching these these films and these television shows is when you got that really good soundtrack it's great it's not like it's the best i've ever heard i mean certainly i've heard more immersive soundtracks or whatever like a top gun maverick 4k it's not going to compete with that but for what it is it's fantastic and i think fans of the show and fans of physical media that have a nice setup will, will certainly be pleased with it um let's talk about video the video looks amazing. Now, I should note real quick that I am watching this on an LG uh, OLED screen C2 television, um, which is which is a pretty good television. Um, so I, I, I certainly have 
you know, a good screen to look at, which is important. Um, but that said, I, I mean, just looking at the picture and looking at uh, how you know, wonderful the skin tones look, how amazing the color, uh, you know, colors really pop. Um, the level of detail and clarity is absolutely there. It, it looks like a just a wonderful uh, it looks like an amazing television show that was shot in 2022. You, you know, that that is what it is. And, and it looks like it. it is absolutely better than the broadcast versions. It is absolutely better than the Peacock streaming versions. If you want to look at the show the best way you can possibly look at the show, look no further than the Blu-ray. It, it, it is. You will notice the difference. Um, it, it's quite amazing, actually. I was surprised. I did not think there would be that big of a difference. I sort of figured... You know, it's funny because for me, having watched the shows on the screeners and the quality is not always that great on the screeners to then watching the broadcast to then having streamed some of the episodes on Peacock, like seeing the progression of the quality. It's like, oh, yeah, this is a good looking show. I mean, I knew it was, but this is a good looking show to finally seeing it on the Blu-ray. It's just sort of like, wow, this is an exceptionally good looking show. And the Blu-rays definitely do it justice. So, again, it's too bad that we don't get... Um, you know, special features. It's too bad that we can't get the resolution bump that a 4k would give us knowing that it was shot in 8k. Um, I believe that's, yeah, it was shot in 8k. Um, it, it's too bad that we don't necessarily get that. Uh, but again, you know, for what we do have, I think it's a great release. Um, if, if all you're concerned about is watching it the best way you can watch it and listening to it, the best way you can listen to it, go with the Blu-ray. If those things you know, don't matter to you and you're not a physical media person, then you're not missing out, unfortunately, because there are no special features. Um, and that is too bad because they would have absolutely been a selling point for people that might not necessarily be the physical media nerd, you know, like I am and, and want to have that and want to have like, I have to have the best quality picture or whatever. Um, not that that's necessarily the case. I have plenty of things that I don't care about the quality of the picture. I just want to see the show. That said, um, I hope that if you're listening to this, you're watching this, you will support the format. You will support the show. Um, those numbers can matter just as much as those Peacock streaming numbers matter. So um, you can find it again, uh, online retailers only right now. Again, I haven't really seen it in any brick and mortar. If you have, let me know. I'd love to be able to kind of just add that and, and signal boost that for people so they know they can walk into a store and buy it because that would certainly be cool. Um, but uh, you can definitely get it at your online retailers sitting around 25 to $30. Uh, so, and not bad to, to own a full season uh, of television. Um, and, and I think definitely worth it. And, and you should note that it, this is not like a budget release. I think that there was some, I mean, it is, but it's not a, a budget label like a Mill Creek or something like that, that kind of churn out usually sort of slightly subpar stuff. Although even the, the original, you know, the classic series of Quantum Leap looked really good. So um, it's not always terrible. Anyway. Um, with all that said, another way that you can watch Quantum Leap if you are in the UK is on Paramount Plus. The first nine episodes have been released. Uh, so uh, I know it's another streaming service and things are complicated with streaming services right now because of the WGA and SAG After Strikes. But if you're in the UK, you've yet to see the show uh, and you want to see the show, that's the way to do it. Um, again, the first nine episodes are available now. Um, so check it out uh, if you are across the pond. Um, 
that really kind of brings me to the end today. I don't have too much else to talk about. Uh, I just wanted to be able to hop on and uh, generate some some Quantum Leap content, some Fates Wide Wheel for the listeners, for the viewers. Uh, it has been a, an interesting couple of months with the strikes, with everything that's been going on, even in my personal life. Um, there's been... You know, there's just been a lot, a lot of stuff. And Dennis has been very busy as well. Um, but again, I just want to say we will absolutely be back to cover season two. We hope to be able to talk to cast and crew again, like we did for season one. We hope to have the opportunity to, to you know, to kind of give you the content that we were able to um, last season. Uh, but there's no way of telling. Uh, at the very least, you'll get to hear us talk about the show. So at least there's that. Um, and we're really looking forward to it. I'm very excited about it. What little I do know about it, I think that it is going to, you know, it's going to blow you away. It really is. There's some really, really cool stuff coming. And, uh, you know, there's a hell of a lot that I have no idea about. Uh, I know that some of the episodes that people are really excited about include the first episode of season two. Uh, I've heard that the, the fourth episode, I believe, the seventh and eighth episode, um, those four in particular, I, I've heard, you know, nothing really about. Like, I don't know the plot. I don't know what's happening in them. I just know that there's been some excitement over them from cast and crew members that I, I've had the fortune of, of being able to speak to briefly. So, um, let's get excited. We can be excited. It, you know, it, things kind of suck in some ways, but there's nothing wrong with being excited about something we love because the truth of the matter is the people that are involved, the people that are in the trenches, so to speak right now and on those picket lines, they're excited, even though they can't work on the show right now, which breaks their hearts. They're excited about the work that they've done. So there's no reason that we can't be excited as well, while also throwing our support in, lifting our voices and letting the powers that be know that we are not happy that they are not being able to create that which we love so dearly due to the unfair practices that they are being put under. So, um, Let's get out of here. Let's sleep out of here. But before we do, I forgot something very, very, very important. Dennis would be like, for shame, Sam, for shame. If I was around, you wouldn't have forgotten. But I did because there was a lot to talk about and my brain was just swirling around. Uh, uh, you know, imagine the leap effect and that's my brain. Uh, <laughs> so so uh, I forgot something very important and uh, I want to get to that right now. Um the support that people have given to this podcast just through listening is more than enough. It's more than I ever could have asked for. Uh, when Dennis and I first started this, we just thought that maybe there would be, you know, hey, if there's 5, 10, 15, 20 people that listen to us, great. Um, and the fact that there's so many more that listen to us, um, it's um, it, it really... It gets you through some hard days. It makes you smile. It makes you feel good. And uh, and and I really appreciate it. I, I can't tell you just how much I appreciate it. So uh, I want to take this moment to thank those of you that have gone above and beyond even just listening or watching and have donated some of your hard-earned money to the show. We really appreciate it. It helps us keep the lights on. It helps us to upgrade equipment. It helps us to do a little bit more. Um, and, and we've used it. I mean, we've used it in order to get the services um, that we have in order to produce the show um transcripts are coming uh so you, you know for those that um you know, uh, might be hearing impaired or, or want to be able to, to read uh, some of the interviews that we've done and whatnot, you'll be able to see that hopefully soon. Um, and again, more to come in the future, hopefully that we'll be able to do. Uh, who knows, one day maybe we'll get to fly out to, to LA and or, or San Diego if there's, you know, Comic-Con next year or whatever, and, and, and talk to some of these people in person and bring you some interviews like that, which would be really cool. Or maybe, just maybe, when things get resolved, they can come to Chicago 
and do one of the cons here in Chicago, like Fan Expo or C2E2, and we can go there and bug them there. Um, so thank you all so much for that support. It means the world to us. And um, we, we promise there's more to come and we're going to figure out ways to reward you even further. Uh, so Al's Place Leap fan site, Bourbon and Board Games, Carolyn, Cosplay Dad, Joanne Bartlett, Dana Bias, Rich Bork, Kevin, Kevin Butcher, Carol Davis, Dan Tuig, Dex Lower, Dermot Devlin, Barry Donovan, Brian Dreadful, Troy Evers, Larry Ganny, Jason Geis, Kelly M, Michelle Hoffman, Amy Holtkamp, Lori Johnson, Bess A. Corey, Lady Eternal, Rob Nunn, Oddly Specific with Audra, Christopher Redman, Adrian Saul, Karen Saxon, Jerry Seward, Mike Stouffer, Heather Strabiak, Damon Sugamelli, Larry Trujillo, Stuart Williams, Jill Wilson, and our anonymous patrons. Thank you all so very much. Um, if you would like to become a patron of the show, you, of course, can head over to our Patreon Um or uh, you can do our uh, buy us a cup of coffee. That stuff is in the show notes, so uh, you'll be able to find it uh, below uh, or wherever, however you're consuming this. Uh, and uh, uh, we would we would love to have you on board. Uh, as I always say, I hope that you're doing what you can to support your your local charities and uh, local causes or the world at large. Um, there's a lot of people that need help, and we can absolutely do our part in setting right things that might be going wrong. Some of, of course, my favorite charities do include the Trevor Project and Doctors Without Borders. Um, of course, there's also the ACLU, Southern Poverty Law, center. Um, those are just some of the big ones. Uh, find a cause that's dear to your heart, make a difference. You know, what would Sam Beckett do? What would Ben Song do? Um, hell, what would the whole project quantum leap crew do? Um, because they're, they're all very much wanting to put things right where they might be going wrong and we can certainly do better. So if after all of that, you still have some coins kicking around in your pocket and you do want to throw them our way, then by all means, visit our Patreon, go to buy me a cup of coffee and uh, help us out. And we'll continue to create and do stuff and find ways to reward you. Um, and and if you have any suggestions for that, <laughs> please feel free to throw them our way because sometimes as two tired parents, we do, you know, have trouble coming up with things, uh, having time to meet to come up with things. But when we do have time to do those things, there are two other very important, very special people that we need to thank. And that, of course, uh, our spouses, Jessica Conger, that's mine, and Betsy Freimeyer, that's Dennis's, um, for helping out and, and giving us the support that we need, whether it's, you know, looking after the kids while we're sitting in front of microphones or uh, just uh, allowing us to do this and and, and, and not uh, thinking that we're, we're too nuts. So um, they're the best. It's also Hattie's birthday. That's uh, my daughter. So she turns five today. So happy birthday, Hattie. She's not listening. And, um, <laughs> and uh, we will be back soon. Um, pay attention to our TikTok and our Instagram. Dennis is cultivating most of the content over there right now. Um, that's just kind of where his headspace is. It makes sense for him to do that. And he's really good at it. I'm not. Um, and I'll be handling most of the podcasting and YouTubing. Um, I don't know if I'm any good at it, but I'm just got some time to do it. So I'm going to do it. And um, we will We'll certainly be uh, following along with the strike, seeing what information we can get with that. Hopefully have a little bit more information about what's happening at San Diego Comic-Con, because even though the panel's canceled, they're still advertising for uh, Quantum Leap HQ, um, Save the Universe, Save Your Favorite TV Shows. Almost reminds me of like Heroes, you know, Save the Cheerleader, Save the World. Uh, and there seems to be some sort of installation that will still be occurring there, uh, Quantum Leap HQ, that people can participate in. There's actually a sign up for it online, I believe. If you go to sdccblog.com, 
Com. You can find a little bit more information about that. I tweeted some stuff out earlier today. So take a look uh, on our Twitter page also for some more information and pictures of that. If you're going to be at Comic-Con or in the San Diego area, you might be able to check that out. If you are, let us know. Let us know what you find um, because we won't be able to be there. So uh, with all of that said, take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. Stay safe out there. And remember, always, always leap responsibly.